the Experience Garden Podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share my recent conversation with Fernando Casarotti. Fernando is a first-year student in our full-time MBA class of 2024, and he and I recently connected to talk more about his decision to pursue an MBA, what led him to Darden, what it was like moving from Sao Paulo to Charlottesville, uh, his experience as a first-year student here at the Darden School of Business, and so much more. I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here is my interview with Fernando Casarotti. Fernando, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Brad. It's my pleasure to be here. Well, first and foremost, how are things? How are you doing? So I have been doing great. Uh, I really believe that time passes by in a really different way here. Many times we we think maybe something happened two years ago, but it has just been two weeks, but everything has been awesome. All right. Well, it's a busy quarter three for you, right? Uh, you, you're you uh, still in the core curriculum. I uh, you come right off the holiday period. So uh, tell us, how's quarter three? Exactly. So now in Q3, things start to get a little bit easier because most of people have their job offers already. And so it starts to slow down a little bit. But at Darden, when something slows down, like academically, you get more activities like social and other kinds of stuff to do. So it has been great. And now I'm really looking forward. This week we have the club elections. I I will be running for president of Laza. So fingers crossed. Let's see how it goes. All right. Well, good luck. Uh, the Latin you. American Student Association. They've been on the podcast before. So if you are if you do win, we'll have to have you come back. Oh, for sure. It's my pleasure. Let's manifest that to the universe already. <laughs> Well, Fernando, tell us a little bit more about you. Who are you and what's your background? Sure. So but I'm originally from the countryside of Sao Paulo, Brazil, and I'm a lawyer by training. So I tend to talk a lot. Just stop me if you need. And before coming here to the U.S., I worked for the Court of Justice of Sao Paulo, uh, having started in the legal area making a transition to consulting inside the court and then to public management, managing projects, teams, the public treasury as well. So this has been my past experience. And eight months ago, around eight months back in July 2022, I moved with my wife and our two puppies. I call them puppies, but they are five years old already. <laughs> so... How did you decide that you wanted to pursue an MBA? As a lawyer, you had already been uh, to, I guess, a fair amount of school. Here you are uh, doing a graduate degree. Yeah, sure. I wouldn't say, Brad, it has been something that has always been in my mind, even because I went to law school and my dream was to be a justice. But as years went by, I started realizing how tedious I thought that would be just, of course, there are people that love it and it's awesome it's amazing but i thought for myself how i would be bored just sitting in a chair reading some stuff typing on my computer the only way that i sought to open these doors not only to so i could turn into a citizen of the world and work basically anywhere around the globe but also that could open me doors to make a career pivot away from law was the MBA. So when I realized 
that I was getting too much into my comfort zone back in the court of justice and that I wasn't really learning anything new. That was the point when I said, and it was back in August 2020, that I thought to myself, no, so now I'm going to start just preparing myself and going to go to it. And I'm glad that I did because I always say, looking back, we will always see that time passes by. So three years, two years and a half have passed. And I'm glad that back in August 2020, I made that decision of start preparing myself, start pursuing the MBA. Otherwise, I would just be there sitting at the same chair, probably more bored than I was at that time. So I'm glad that I did it. When you made that decision, how did you realize an MBA would be the thing that would open? I mean, there's lots of paths, right? So yeah. how? Yeah. So I wanted something, one, that would make me excited about meeting new people and would really allow me, mainly I would say, Brad, to take the driver's seat in my life. Because many times we feel that we just go with the flow. So I wanted to be the decision maker in my life regarding my career, regarding which paths I wanted to follow. If I wanted to go consulting, I could. If I wanted to go tech, IB, or any career, I could. And the MBA was the only program that I really identified that would give me all those paths, not only right after finishing the course, the master's degree, but for my entire life. And also it was for me the the one that I like the most in what concerns to diversity of people. So I believe that in the class of 2024, we have what I know that we are for around 40% of international students, but many, many countries. So the MBA for me was the course that would give me all this experience, all this international immersion. I could know people from India, Japan, China, USA, Mexico, Europe. So it, these were the two main reasons why I wanted so badly to do the MBA. Mainly all the doors that would be open to me and the two-year experience that this course would proportion me. I think it's pretty unmatched in both these aspects. So how did you get interested in Darden specifically? So that's a, a very nice question. And I, oh, I'm i making a career people to consulting. So I tend to talk like a consulting sometimes. So there are three reasons, <laughs> three main reasons uh, why I wanted, why I had Darden in my heart since the beginning of the of this journey, of the admissions journey, of the application journey. And the first of them was the community. I know it, the, people say that a lot, but I could really feel it in Darden. Not only everyone helped me, even before I was here in Charlottesville, helped me move in, helped me with interview prep. I even got the chance of interviewing pre-MBA. So all this support by the community was very important, not only to me, but also for my wife, because Darden is very well known by being very, very welcoming to partners. So welcoming that currently when I invite her to go anywhere with me, she says, ah, I might not go because, you know, we have so many stuff already to do that I will just be home. <laughs> so first one was the community. Second one, the city 
struggled too. So having lived in São Paulo, like it's pretty stressful. All the noise, all the traffic. I took about one hour to get to work, one hour to get back home. So that was so stressful. And I remember that I just wanted a fresh air, a place where I would be able to go to wineries, to hiking, where it would be very silent. And Charlottesville fulfills all those requirements, of course. If you go to downtown and everything, it can be very noisy, and that's great. But here, where we live, for example, in Huntington Village, then the, what can I give as an example? The only noise that we hear is from squirrels in our backyard, so that's great. And the third and last factor that I would mention is the case method. So... Being a lawyer, I knew that I uh, I always liked to be active, to actively engage in discussions. So I was sure that the case method would be the best way to go, not only because I'm an international, so I wanted to improve my English so I could get job offers here in the U.S., but also so I could learn and once again, not be bored. And the case method never allows you to be bored because you are always discussing something, having to think about what's being said. So these are the three main reasons I would say why I, I really wanted to come to Darden. Well, you're right. There is a difference between Charlottesville and Sao Paulo. I, I have been to Sao Paulo oh, um, November of 2019. <laughs> it's, a, it's a wonderful place. It's an enormous city, though. I think uh, they told us, and it contains many other cities around it, right? The whole metro area. It's over 20 million people, I think, I they believe, were telling us. I believe that Sao Paulo, only the city of Sao Paulo has more than 15 million people. And in one place of my way to work, I remember that I went by an airport, so you could just hear every kind of noise, like there was airplanes, then motorcycles honking, then cars running, and oh my God. <laughs> but the city, indeed, it's a great city, but when you have to commute to work by car every day, it can turn into a lot. So, like I said, really different experiences in one place and the other. <laughs> well, I am certain your commute in Charlottesville is a little shorter than your commute in, in Sao Paulo. So not, not really, because here I take, what, maybe eight minutes. I know because I can leave home 7.52 to get to classes at 8 a.m. So from Huntington to uh, Darden, eight minutes walking so and it's great because the other day i saw some deers you know in the past when would i see those in sao paulo like never so from one hour driving to eight minutes walking this is why i always am sure that i did the right choice <laughs> so you come to darden had you spent much time in the united states before so i really love Travel, Brad, have been to 19 countries so far. So I had been here uh, for leisure, for the holidays, just vacations. And also my brother lives here in Ann Arbor. So he never did an MBA, but he lives in Ann Arbor, Michigan. He's a computer engineer. So I came here also to visit him sometimes. And I always liked 
the culture and the way of living here. That's also something that appealed to me when I was selecting programs, let's say between Europe and the United States. So having had this positive experience over here. So what was that like to pick up and move from Sao Paulo to Charlottesville? Oh my God, it was very uh, exhausting, I would say. It was 100% worth it, but it was exhausting because not only we had to sell everything that we had back in Brazil, like all the furniture and everything, the car, but also moving uh, with dogs can be quite complicated because of there are so many documents that you have to bring. So apart from the regular work that anyone would have, so like moving, having to adapt to the language, having to rent a place, having to uh, do all the visa procedures, apart from all that, I also had to like uh, ask for an import permit for each of my dogs to the U.S. government, grab a lot of documents. So it was a process that took, I would say, some months. And indeed, I remember thinking in the end, in the beginning of 2022, I remember thinking, hey, in no time, when like in a blink of an eye, I'm going to be a garden. And that really happened. <laughs> like It was crazy because... It's so much you have to do that it really goes by fastly. So tell us a little bit more about the process of adjusting to being a Darden student, right? So you get to the US, you moved with your dogs, you've navigated all of that. You're here at Darden. Were there any learning curves for you in, in the first couple quarters? There were, but even because a lot of things are pretty different here. So many times we imagine that because of also being a country on the West, the cultural difference will be a little bit smaller, but that's not true. There is a huge cultural difference. So let's say uh, you, when you move countries, I think you are like a baby. You have to learn it all again. So to buy a car, what should you do? I would know how to buy a car in Brazil, but here, what should you do? What documents do you need? Uh, when you move to a new place, Okay, so they won't accept that you pay using your credit card or your debit card. So you have to open a bank account, pay them by money or or money order. I didn't even know what money order was. And apart from all that, having to process in your mind, uh, having classes daily in English and speaking to everyone in only English, that was a new language for me because at work I didn't use it before. So this required uh, a huge amount of energy. But like you mentioned, it's a learning curve. So right now I feel much more comfortable with all that. Of course, there's a bunch of things, of things that I need to learn. But it's all a matter of adapting, I would say, to this new culture, to the new language, to not only, like I said, listening, to people talking in English, but being engaged in such discussions and yet having to be worried about speaking proper English to get a job offer. But like we mentioned, you get used to that and it's a great process. I feel like I've learned a lot over these past few months. 
You make such a, a good point about having to engage in English all the time, about how that takes a lot of brain power. If it's not your your sort of native language, all of a sudden you're 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 here, you have class in English, socialize in English. I imagine it takes a while to get used to that. It does, but even because Let's say currently what happens, sometimes we are speaking in English, then a Brazilian person gets to me, then at the same time we start speaking Portuguese and English, then a Mexican person gets into the conversation, and now all of a sudden we're speaking Spanish, English, Portuguese, Portuguese like <laughs> a little bit of everything. And I remember that at the beginning I would just get home and say, oh my God, I'm so tired, you know, that the only thing I want to do is turn on my TV and hear to something in Portuguese. I don't want to, like, see any movies in English. I don't want to read subtitles. I want to hear, hear <laughs> listen to Portuguese. But right now I feel, like I mentioned, much more comfortable with that. So it feels like it doesn't take as much as of this, all of this energy. But at the beginning, I remember that it was pretty, pretty hard, <laughs> like, to go over this. And so was Darden what you had expected it to be from a community standpoint? It sounds like it. And it sounds like uh, your wife has also found uh, quite a community here, too. It is. Uh, it is an awesome community. And indeed, uh, I was lucky enough breath to get uh, offers from four top business schools and I had in my mind like I told you that I wanted to come to Darden and I'm glad that I did it because the community is what allowed me not only to forge a lot of friendships that I currently have but also if it were not for the community I wouldn't have been able to get the job offer at the time that I got so with all the support, uh, I could manage to get interviewed back in the beginning of August. So at the start of the first quarter and get a job offer. And I remember like how much people from Darden would reach out to me and do interview preps with me. And this was the basis for me to really uh, do well not only in the job interview process, but also like in the community here to be able to be myself, I would say. This is a very important factor and that I was really concerned because I consider myself to have a really one-of-a-kind personality. So I was like, will I be able to be myself and to really, you know, express myself, be authentic? And I feel that here at Darden, I can. So that's just amazing the way that people really incentivize you to bring the best version of yourself here. Well, tell us about, about your wife and her experience uh, also uh, being here in Charlottesville with you. Sure. So like she loves being here for the city with all the green area, like I mentioned, all this stuff that we have, all the social activities because let's say it's rare when we don't go out from Thursday to Sunday every night. So she has really been enjoying it. And not only she feels a part of the 
partners community, but also of the Darden MBA community with students and everything. I always joke that I have some friends that every time they send me an invite to go to some event or some dinner, because here everything is invite-based. If there is no invite, there is no event. So uh, every time they send an invite, they write in the email, uh, Fernando, bring Marina, or that's my wife's name, Fernando, send to Marina. So they don't even care whether I'm going or not. <laughs> they want her to go. So it has been a great experience. I think that, of course, sometimes we were used to living in a huge city. So in Sao Paulo, let's say that at 3 a.m. in the morning, you wanted to go grab something to eat. Anywhere around, you could do it. There would be a lot of places open. And that doesn't happen here. Like in Charlottesville, stuff usually closes 8 p.m., 9 p.m. So sometimes I think she misses that, but it's part of the, the overall experience. You're right. It, uh, Charlottesville is a little less 24 hours uh, exactly. than Sao Paulo. <laughs> so what's been a highlight for you of, of your first uh, few quarters here at the Darden School? So this is such a hard question, Brad, because like I mentioned before, when I look back, we are in February 2023 and the MBA experience here at Charlottesville started in, in mid-July 2022, so what, seven, eight months? But it seems like so long. So many times I just look back and think, hey, did have this happened like when, last week or last month? So to pick one moment, one memory, because a lot of great stuff happens here, like on a daily basis. But if I had to pick a highlight, I would say my birthday back in August 6, 2022, for some reason. So one, it was my first birthday here in the U.S., living here in the U.S. Two, it was my first birthday after starting the MBA uh journey after like being admitted being here in charlottesville and three uh i had some job interviews so my birthday was on august 6 i had some jobs in some job interviews on the fourth and some job interviews on the fifth so i remember thinking to myself this birthday is gonna be whether really good really nice or really bad and i'm glad it all worked out so it was a really good birthday. And because it was right at the beginning of school, uh, I invited people in our WhatsApp group to go to a winery. And so many people showed up, not even because they knew me, but because it was a time when everyone wanted to meet everyone. So it was a great occasion to gather and people singing, have birthday. So I would pick this moment. This will be in my memory for, for a very long time, forever, I would say. <laughs> but I won't get too, too sensitive here. I'm a very emotional person. <laughs> we'll take full emotions here on the podcast, <laughs> to be clear, uh, Fernando. Um, so that's an interesting, so because that would have been after, around the time of International Students Orientation Program, uh, Darden before Darden, but the first official class day had not happened yet. So you're still in very much in the run-up to school. That's amazing. 
Exactly, and I remember we just uh, we just had, like you mentioned, Brad Isop International Orientation. Then on the next week, we would begin taking DBD, Darden before Darden, that just some people take. So there, it wasn't even everyone that was here in the city because I think domestic students, mainly the ones that have this background, like more connected to one skills, they tend to move in a little bit later. So even before school starts, like we were only with the eyes up in, and even though so many people showing up to, to my birthday and all this happening, this portrays really well how intense is life over here. People stay very busy. That's certainly the case at, at Darden. I, the way it's always been explained to me by students here is that there's really three things competing for your time. Mm -hmm. There's school, there's social and career. And so you got to figure out how to make these things work together. Exactly right. And something I heard a lot before coming was that you had to be intentional about what you wanted to prioritize. And that's true because there's so much happening at the same time and let's say for social, you have lots of events from clubs. You are part of different social groups. So you have different social groups to get together with. And at the same time, maybe you are recruiting, you have classes. So you have to prepare three cases per day with your learning team and meet them, do the assignments. So you really have to prioritize. And I truly believe that this priority changes uh, as you navigate Darden. So, of course, maybe in Q1, Q2, people will prioritize the most the recruitment part. Then they are going to go more into social, academics. So it's really a matter of knowing how you deal with these situations and what works the best for you. Your point around prioritization and being very clear about your priorities. You know, school is always there, uh, but these other things, you mentioned career, uh, you mentioned social, so figuring out how to fold those into a very, very busy first year. We talk a lot of second, about, about the second year on, on the podcast as well. And of course, second year is a time where people will typically take on a leadership role to come back to the note about LASA, where we started the conversation. So um wonder... Fernando, when you look at where you are now versus mm -hmm. where you were when you started uh, the program, what do you think the impact of your Darden experience has been thus far? So, so much, Brad. And looking behind, it's just sometimes it's unbelievable when you see the amount of stuff that you have done to get to this point. Not even you believe that you have done so much because it's so many different experiences and so much work that you do to get to this point that you really feel when people should feel like that, that you deserve to be here, to be at this point. Because anyone that's here that's sitting on Q3 class of 2024 here at Darden has worked a lot to be here. But every single second, of work was worth it because this is what's gonna get us to open doors that would be, I wouldn't even say closed before that, 
maybe we wouldn't even know that existed. And as I mentioned, being here, I have the feeling that the most impactful, impactful thing is feeling that really driver seat. Now, I'm not just sitting on my chair waiting for some person to like, uh, you know, maybe promote me or not, or to be in that company because I need to know. I feel that I can make choices and that Darden has allowed me not only to make these choices, but also has made them much easier because I will always have the technical knowledge that I'm obtaining here, the network of support, and also the alumni network if I need eventually. So this combination, I think, is the most impactful thing that people will have here at Arden. Well, it's interesting to hear you say that, Fernando, because that's what you mentioned as one of the reasons why you wanted to come to an MBA program, uh, mm -hmm. to come take control over your career, uh, to have more choice uh, in what yeah. you do. Well, Fernando, what are you looking forward to in the coming months? Uh, it sounds like you've got some electives in your future, of course, in quarter four, um, but what yeah. else? Yeah, so the electives are one thing, Brad, that I would say, because now we start to have the opportunity to pick what courses we're going to do. The core is great because it really gives us the base knowledge, but it will be nice to see how electives uh, will go. To, I would even say spring, to spend my first spring here in the U.S. and in Charlottesville, even though we haven't seen any snow, sadly, in Charlottesville yet. This year. And third one, something that I'm excited about is the internship, the summer internship I'm going to. So in the next few months, in May, I'm going as part of GWC, the Darden Worldwide Course, to Japan. And right when I come back from Japan, I will start my internship in the beginning of July, uh, already working with a consulting firm. So I'm pretty excited about that because maybe this will be the moment when I will realize that all my professional journey so far was a chapter that I like returned the page. I learned a lot, but turned the page once and for all. So I'm really excited about that. Well, Fernando, last question for you here. Sure. Uh, on the podcast, we always ask our guests, to give a piece of advice for our prospective student listeners, I wonder what you would share with them. So what I would share for sure, Brad, would be uh, be sure of one thing. As long as you are sure of this one thing, you are going to be good to go. All the effort you have to put into getting an MBA, and I do remember that for everyone that is concerned, I took the GMAT more than one time more than two times and i will stop here but <laughs> i took it multiple times i didn't get my target score at the first uh at the first time i took it so all the effort GMAT, having to study to it while you are working all the applications the essays you have to write to really think what you're gonna put there uh, all the interviews, the stress that you get waiting for the invites to come your way or not to come. or it, Like you have a lot in your mind, but be sure that all of this will be worth it. Because the experience that 
each of you will have here will really be unmatched. Never in my life when I was in law school was again thinking about being a justice and sitting on my chair for the entire day. Would I imagine coming here, moving to the US, opening doors not only for me, but for my family of getting a new job, amazing job, a high paying job, and all those factors and having like best friends that are from the US, from India, from China, so from all around the world. And be sure of that. You will have to put a lot of effort, a lot of hours, and probably we know it's not a cheap process as well, but it's all worth it. And you are going to get everything back in much, much more. So this would be the main advice that I would have. And always remind you to be authentic as well. This is something that I think people hear a lot, but it's really matters. Just keep writing from your heart, your essays. That's what matters the most. Well, Fernando, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing your story uh, with our listeners. And and good luck uh, with the LASA elections. And uh, who knows, we might see you again here on the podcast. I hope so. Thank you so much, Brad, for the opportunity of being here. It has been a pleasure. And if you or anyone with hearing this needs anything, just let me know. Fernando has you. So if you need any help, any kind of advice on how to navigate everything, or on how the experience has been, just let me know. More than happy to help. And that was my interview with Fernando Casarotti, our first year student and our full-time MBA class of 2024. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.